the gypsies have escaped from the huge magical cavern inhabited by the king of the big green things and his subjects beneath the surface of Miranda, the smallest of the five moons of Uranus. They don't waste a minute in getting back to their two spaceships. What about a close-up or satin, me friends? Just for the fun of it, said Jimbird, as the gypsies fasten themselves into their safety belts. Ivan, you will remember, had had to use his guitar case as a couch, but Jimbird had fixed up a spare from the rocket's stores, so all was now smoothness and comfort aboard the spaceship. What's so special about Saturn, then? said Ivan. I know, said Dolan. It's got those fantastic rings around it. Ah, that's right, me little un. Apart from Jupiter, it's the biggest of the planets in the old solar system, and as prettier a sight as you're likely to see. Are you all set now? Dolan, Ivan and Billy nodded. Jimbird radioed the other rocket and spoke to Crispin Lobmincing. Crispin, my boy, are you ready for a takeoff? Yes, mate. That earn is it? The very same. We'll rendezvous a hundred miles up, then we'll use the instant matter of transportation to save us a few light years. <laughs> the two spaceships lifted off the surface of the moon in a huge cloud of dust and roared up into the purple sky. Press in. OMT button in ten seconds from now, said Jimbird. Check, said Lob Mincing. Ten seconds later, the two spaceships were in orbit around Saturn. And what a magnificent sight it was. Dolan had never seen anything so splendid. Saturn hung in space before them, a huge golden ball. 75,000 miles across. And her rings made a beautiful belt, nearly 170,000 miles in diameter. There she is, my friends, in all her glory. Feast your little eyes on her. They calls her the bringer of old age. But I call her the bringer of peace of mind. No lady that big, that round and that pretty could be anything else. What are the rings made of? Asked Dolan. They seems to be little tiny fragments of a satellite that got a bit too close to old Saturn and got itself broken up by a gravitational pull. You could say that them beautiful coloured rings was nothing more than stardust. Then there came a noise, like handfuls of dried peas being thrown into a bucket. Nothing to worry your heads about, me little friends, Jimbird said. Just a shower of meteors. Shooting stars, eh? said Ivan. That's right, me boy. Then why don't they show up on the telly screen? Dolan laughed. Because, you twit, they've got to burn up in an atmosphere before you can see them. They won't punch at a rocket, will they? said Ivan. Not this one, sunshine. I designed her so strong that even Ailey's comet would bounce off her. So, what do you think we ought to do now? I think we ought to try another galaxy, said Dolan. Right, me child, said Jimbird, and dialed up a new set of coordinates on the IMT, called them out to the companion ship, and pressed the go button. The two spaceships swung through a cloud layer and poised themselves, nose upward, above a green grassy landscape. Jimbird and Crispin 
fired their retro rockets, and their spacecraft descended gracefully to the ground. The noise of the engines died to silence. Dolan checked the readings on the spaceship's instruments. The air's breathable, there's daylight from a sun, and the temperatures are comfy 24 degrees Celsius. Well, what are we waiting for? said Ivan. I'm waiting, said Dolan decisively. For my dinner. Crumbs, yes, said Billy. It's ages since we've eaten. Dolan eyed the compartment marked galley without much enthusiasm. Dolan remembered the food capsules. In particular, Dolan remembered the one labelled fish fingers and beans. Dolan did not like fish fingers and beans. We never got nobody nothing, said Jimbird. Let's see what we can find to eat outside. And so saying, he stepped smartly to the door of the spaceship, opened the airlock, lowered the ladder, picked up his crutch and stepped down to the ground. Crispin Lob Mincing and his crew were already out of their ship. Sure, and it's as pretty a place as I've ever seen, said Father Out. Big up. And it really did seem nice. As far as the eye could see, the green grass rolled, dotted here and there, with trees and flowering shrubs. A sun shone down through the clouds. On the horizon, a gentle breeze rippled the waters of a lake. It was the kind of scene that just made you want to stretch your arms and sigh happily. At least, that's the way it seemed. Dolan was beginning to feel really hungry now, when a loud, strange humming noise filled the air. It was unlike anything the gypsies had heard before. It seemed to contain every note in the musical scale. But it was not discordant. It was sweet and harmonious. A large black cube, about two feet by two feet by two feet, was suspended in the air, about 15 inches from the end of Dolan's nose. Dolan did not know where it had come from. Dolan did not know where its voice came from either. But it spoke. And in English too. I said the cube, and the logical cube. I, said Dolan, am hungry. I, said the cube, am the logical cube. I, said Dolan, am Dolan and I'm hungry. I, said the cube, am the logical cube. I, said Dolan, will belt you if you don't stop saying that. Oh, all right, said the cube. Nobody ever believes me anyway. I don't know why, though. I'm perfectly proportioned. I dress in basic black, and I wouldn't hurt a fly. You have flies here, too, said Dolan. Oh, we've got the lot, chum, said the cube. You name it, it's here. Steak and kidney pudding and mashed potatoes with jelly and custard to follow said Dolan immediately. For how many? Everybody, said Dolan rather crossly and a little rudely. Dolan's tummy was beginning to make rumbling noises. Dolan was very hungry indeed. The cube made a movement, 
which, if it had had fingers, would have been a snap of the fingers. And the food appeared, steaming and smelling delicious, and laid out on a snow-white tablecloth, on a table set about with eight comfortable chairs. I think I'm going to like it here, said Dolan. I thought that was great, said Ivan. Yeah, mate, said Crispin Lobmincing. I'll say, said Flipper Pilkington. Well, I'll drink to that, said Father Out. Big up. Dolan was thinking of other things, however. Turning to the logical cube, which was now squatting patiently on the grass, Dolan said, What's the name of this amazing planet? Whatever you want to call it, said the logical cube. Freda, don't follow you, said Flipper. As I said, you name it, it's here. But where do you come from? said Dolan. I've always been here, said the logical cube. There's never been a time when I haven't. Bratto the Wonder Boy spoke up, with a mischievous glint in his eye. You mean to say that we can name anything we like and it'll be here? That is... Precisely what I said, said the logical cube. Seventy-six great big fat airy gorillas, shouted Bratto. Immediately, the gypsies leapt to their feet and ran for their lives. Seventy-six great big fat hairy gorillas ran after them. As they disappeared into their spaceships, the logical cube sighed to itself. Nobody ever believes me, it said. Nobody ever believes me.